0: Well, good morning. I am so glad um, to be home. I, I've been on a few trips. Um, I was gone for a couple weeks in Ukraine, and then I was back for a week. And then the last two weeks I spent in California with the whole family. And it's wonderful to go on trips and get away, but it is really good to be home. And, and we, we were in, um, just to give you a little background, we flew into Los Angeles. And we spent a few days there, and then we went down to San Diego, and then we went up to Yosemite, and then we went to San Francisco, and then we went back to L.A. This is how my family does vacations. We just go, go, go. And so I got to tell you, when I flew into the airport on Monday night, we got in about 1.30, I think it was, and we got in the car after we got all our luggage out. And when we got in the car and we got on the interstate, I said, Megan, take a picture of this. There is nobody on these roads. It's so wonderful because I got so sick of L.A. traffic. Um, but, but it is wonderful to be back with you. The last two weeks, um, I was in California, but I actually spent the last two weeks with you digitally. What a wonderful thing it is to be able to watch the services and see what's going on online. And so to any of you that are watching, welcome. We're thankful that you're here with us. Uh, and, and so two weeks ago, I, I got to watch as Jay preached um, from San Diego in a hotel room, it was 7 40 am there, but, but we were up, and my family was watching together. And then last week we were in San Francisco in a hotel right on fisherman 's Wharf there, and we were watching the service then. and, and I got to tell you, we had, we had two double beds in our room, so there 's Megan and I and four boys. We had two double beds, and we got a rollaway, and so we put the rollaway right in between the two double beds. And so during service last week, we were watching, I had my iPad going, Megan had her phone going, one of the other kids was trying to get it on one of their devices, and so we had all this going on, but during service, um, right during when Jerry Heatherly was was speaking and everything was great, um, I was really enjoying it, and the kids were enjoying the hotel room and jumping around and being crazy, and right in the middle of the sermon, Charlie, our four-year-old, just, he jumped on that rollaway, and he just cracked his head on, on the dresser, and I mean, it was one of those that you could hear his head hit the dresser, and I immediately thought, well, there goes our day, <laughs> we're going to spend this day in an emergency room, and he, he gashed himself and bled a little bit, but he ended up being okay, and we got to finish out the service, but, um, and, and so it was, it was wonderful to be able to watch the services and kind of be with you in that way, but I got to tell you, it's a lot safer just to be here <laughs> in person. And, and it's, I love being able to shake your hands, and I love being here with you. You guys are awesome. I, I want you to know that. And so I'm thankful to be home today. It's, it's a real blessing to get to go on vacation, but it's a real blessing to be able to come and be a part of this wonderful community every week. And so I'm, I'm honored to get to come up here and, and speak God's word to you. I want to start this morning um, by saying we're all here to worship, right? Is everybody here to worship? So I want to start by doing something. I want us to spend some time praising God. Okay, don't take all my sermon, but I want us to spend some time praising God by telling God or by saying out loud what it is about God that we came to worship today. Does anybody want to start us off? Why did we come to worship today? God is faithful. That's a good reason to be worshiping, because God is faithful. Forgiveness, I love God's forgiveness. That comes in really handy for me. God is forgiving. What else? God is loving. Absolutely, God is a God of love. What else? Provides for us. Yes. What else? Why, why are we here? What is the image of God? Why, what is it that we're here to worship today? Never changes, okay. Always the same. God is good and always good. We can trust. What was the other one? healer. Okay, now let's get, this is the last one, so everybody get it out right now, whatever it is you want to say. One, two, three, go. Awesome. That's why we're here. I didn't get any of that, but that's great. We are here to worship. And it's I mean, I appreciate the opportunity to come into God's presence with you and worship. So I want you to take all of that that we just said, all of those attributes of God, what we just did is we talked about the image of God, who God is and why we worship. So I want you to take that, all the things you just heard, and I want you to just kind of put it in the back of your mind. We're going to come to back back to that in a little bit, okay? We're starting a a new sermon series this week, and this sermon series, you can see the board up here and up on the screens, is nine to five. We're gonna be talking about something that every single one of us spends a lot of time doing, and that's work. We all work, don't we? Maybe it's not a career job that you're working. Maybe, maybe you're not even working a job that pays you. Maybe some of you work in the house and you take care of kids. That's a, I'll tell you what, I, my day's off with all the kids. It's, it's not much of a day off. We all work. And, and so we are here today to, to talk about 9 to 5, how we work and what that's all about. And so, so I want to start by asking you, what is your work. I want you, each one and every one of you, to think about that question. What is your work? For some of you, that's really simple. You can take out a business card. If you've got a business card, I want you to start taking it out right now. We're going to do something with it, so everybody get a business card out if you've got a business card. If you don't, if you'll look on the edges of the aisles there, there are little white business card pieces of paper. I want you to get those, and I want you to pass those out to anybody in your row that doesn't have a business card from their work, and I want you to think about the question, what is my work? So my business card says Westchester Nazarene, Alex Mahaffey, lead pastor, it's got my email, it's got the church phone number, this is is my work, one of the things that I do for work. For some of you, you've got a business card. For others, you have a job, you don't have a card, so I want you to take that card and I want you to put whatever your job is that you work at. There are some of you in here, uh, especially our young people who are students, and that's work. Going to school every day, learning is work, and so if you're a student, I want you to fill out a card and I want you to put on there you're a student and where you're studying. And some of you spent a lot of time working in a job, but you're at that glorious phase of life called retirement, you're not done working. What is it that you do? What is your work? That could be raising grandkids. That could be um, helping with the family. That could be serving in a ministry. What is your work? Take the card out, and I want you to be thinking about that. And towards the end, I need you to have this filled out with what your work is. I looked up some statistics and, um, and one of the things I came on, it's from the internet, so it's definitely true. It said that if you work from age 25 to age 65, or I mean, I'm sorry, 20 to age 65, and you, and you average full-time 40 hours a week, so if you work from 20 to 65, a full-time job 40 hours a week, and you take two vacation weeks a year, so you're not working for those two weeks, you will work... Over 10 years of your life, thats I'm saying if you started work right now and you put all of that work together, it would span 10 straight years of work. That's a pretty big work shift, isn't it? Nobody's signing up for that one, right? 10 plus years, and that's just talking about if you work 40 hours a week. I know a lot of you work 60 or 70 hours a week. And I know some people work before they're 20 and after they're 65, and I know that there's work we do outside of our career or our jobs. And so 10 plus years, I would imagine that number's closer to 20 years of our life, we will spend working. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? Have you ever thought about that? You spend a lot of your time working, and some of you are thinking, man, that's a that just seems like too much time to work. It seems like I'm wasting time. But today I want to talk about the fact that we are actually created to work. It is a part of God's plan for us to work. In fact, in, in Scripture, in the Bible, the first thing we see in the Bible is not love or sanctification or the first thing we see is work. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the whole first chapter outlines God working and creating. And so right from the very beginning of this world, of our time as human beings, work was a part of this world. In Genesis chapter 2, at the beginning, in verse 2, it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done and so we get this picture that when this world was created God worked from the very beginning God worked. The words here, I, I thought this was kind of interesting. The words used here for work and creating and rest are pretty interesting. The word work that's used here is the same word that's used throughout the Bible for everyday regular work that you and I would do. And so, what this is saying is for this world to be created, for us to come into existence, God worked. And so, if we read it, the the second word is the, the word to create is to do or make. It's asar. Uh, the first word, work, is malakod. It's occupation, work, business, and asar is to do or to make. And then we've got Shabbat, which is to which is the rest word, and that that means to stop working, to desist from exertion, and to rest. And so, if you read the sentence, it's saying by the seventh day, God had finished the work, the occupation, the business. His exertion he had finished and on the seventh day he stopped working and he rested he stopped creating and so we see from the very beginning that God is a God of work I'm so glad this last couple of weeks one of the stops was in Yosemite Yosemite National Park how many of you have been to Yosemite it's a wonderful place Um, We we went up in Yosemite, we spent two days there, and, and one of the days we went up to Glacier Point, which is up really high up at the top of one of the mountains. And at Glacier Point, you can get out there and you walk up to the edge and you just see All of God's creation in front of you, you see mountains, you see Half Dome, the famous mountain there, you see all of this beauty. And I got to tell you, I'm not like, I'm a sensitive guy, I cry a lot, but I'm not one of those guys who takes a lot of time to think about my feelings and think about, that. that's not me. But I got to tell you, up there at Glacier Point in Yosemite, I had this moment where I was like, wow, look at what God has done. Look at this beautiful world that we have a part of. Man, God spent six days working in creation here in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And man, have you ever seen the beauty of God's work? God created a masterpiece. You and I live in a masterpiece. Maybe it's a different scene for you. Maybe coming home from the airport, getting in the car and driving um, up 75 north, and you come around that corner and and you see Cincinnati. Man, from, from when I was a child, that was one of my favorite views. God is wonderful, and God's work is wonderful. And so from the very beginning of time, we see that God is painting this masterpiece. God is creating this wonderful place for us to live in, for us to experience. This world is a product of work, of God's excellent work. If we go further down in chapter 2 of Genesis, we see the the account of Eden or God's creation of of paradise. And we see this picture, this garden of Eden. And it says in chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man out of dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, And the man became a living being. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, there were were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So, once again, I talked about the mountains, but the other thing we saw on this trip is we saw these huge trees. We went to Mere Woods outside of San Francisco and walked through the redwood forest. And you see these trees, and we drove through, we drove through the middle of California, kind of the desert area, and, and we saw all these fruit trees and all, this, all, all of this cool stuff, and I, we get this picture in chapter 2 of the Garden of Eden, this paradise, and it says that God formed man. And so we've got the beauty of nature, but then here's another thing. This isn't in my notes, but I'm going to add it real quick. God created us, and people are wonderful, They can be difficult, but people are wonderful. Turn to the person next to you and say, God's nature is beautiful. Go ahead. Now, this will get a little awkward. Now, say, you're beautiful. (laughs) For some of you, that's really awkward. That's really good. I like these moments. I could watch you do that. God created paradise. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. God's wonderful work of creation, Yosemite, the trees, all of that, God's wonderful work wasn't just for him to sit back and look at. God wanted to share it. And so God created man. And God brought man into existence. And all of a sudden we are here and and I really do believe that we are one of God's greatest creations. Have you ever thought about the intricacies of what it takes for human life, what each one of us represents? We are a part of God's masterpiece. But God didn't just say, hey, I created this beautiful world, now I'm going to create a person to stand by me and watch it. God didn't just make two easy chairs and then make Yosemite and say, hey, let's just sit and watch forever. God created this masterpiece, and then God created man, and in verse 15, there's a really important simple line here. It says this, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. The very first thing that is said about us, humanity, man, is that we were created to work and take care of God's masterpiece of creation. We were created to work. We were created to be a part of God's masterpiece. So God created the beautiful world. God creates man, and then God invites man into the creation and allows us to be a part of it. God could have created the world self-sustaining. God could have sat back and said, there it is, it's beautiful, and looked at it and admired it. God could have created us and said, hey, let's just look at that together. But part of God's plan was that God made this masterpiece, and then God created us to be a part of this world Um, Tim Keller said, I love Tim Keller. Anytime I read a book, you get a lot of quotes from him. And really, if you you look up quotes on works from Christian, most of them are going to come from Tim Keller because there's not a ton of stuff on there. But he says this, Work did not come into existence after an age of leisure. Work was a part of creation. We work because we were made in the image of God, and God values work. And so are you getting this picture? I've talked about it long enough. God created this beautiful place, and then God created us, and God invites us to be a part of his creation. Man was created for relationship with God, but man was also created to work and to take care of and to live in God's creation. And we weren't just created to be robots. We weren't just created to do menial tasks. We don't just walk around from here to there doing little tasks. The coolest part of this is God gave us the ability. It says that God made us in his image, which means that God gives us the ability to create and to add to God's creation. G.K. Chesterton in, in an old book, I don't, I don't read too much, but I try to read more, and G.K. Chesterton a long time ago made this point that when it says God, that man was made in God's image, a part of that is that man was made to be able to create. Think about this, you create, don't you? You can create an absolute mess. My kids do it all the time. Even with your actions, you can go to work tomorrow and you can, you can mess something up big time. You can say something wrong, you can do something wrong, and it can create a catastrophe. Or, or you can create beauty, you can create love, you can say something to somebody that will change their life. You can create something that's just different. My, my trip before California, California was a lot about nature, but the trip before was Ukraine, and one of the things was when we were in Kiev, Ukraine, there were all of these beautiful cathedrals and churches just everywhere with, with these huge decorated sanctuaries, and i got to tell you, man does some pretty good work too. God created us and God allows us to be a part of adding to creation. And that's incredible. I don't know about you, but I don't create many things that are great, I'll be honest. <laughs> but when I create something that I think is pretty good, I don't usually want to let other people mess with it. I, I don't, I'll be honest. In fact, one of the things that happens a lot is when we're at at the dinner table in California, we'd go to restaurants, and you got to keep the kids busy. And so one of the things the kids like to do is to ask us to draw for them. And so every once in a while, I draw quite a few pictures as a father, and most of them are pretty terrible because I'm not an artist. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I will draw a picture, and I'm like, man, that's a pretty good picture, I don't know how that happened, but I created something good here. And guess what? When I've created that picture, I have a little bit of a, a problem in my mind. Because that's like one of the coolest things I've ever created. I don't create a lot that's really good. But I know the second I hand that to my kid, it's going to become something very, very different then the beautiful picture that I created it to, all of a sudden that wonderful, one of the things that happened, and this wasn't one of my best pictures, but I drew um, Optimus Prime, one of the Transformers for Charlie, and I was like, hey, that's a pretty good picture of Optimus Prime, I like that. And a couple minutes later, it was scribbled through and drawn all over. How awesome is it that God created the heavens and the earth, that God created the mountains and the trees and everything else? And then he handed the keys to us and said, work on it, add to it, create. That What does that say about the way God values work and what God wants from us? God created us in his image so that we could be a part of the masterpiece. And sometimes we scribble through it. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes, man, we take the image of God and we create great things in this world. There is a lot of wonderful creations of man in this world, like Big Mac hamburgers, right? (laughs) Just making sure you're awake. (laughs) What a wonderful gift that God has given us in allowing us to be a part of His creation. I know for me, It's a big deal to give up something I've created to someone else. But God's plan was to create all of this and then to create us to be a part of the masterpiece. And so God's work is not a curse. Work is not something that is a burden to us. Work is an opportunity for us to be a part of God's creation and God's design every day, every single day. Regardless of what your work is, regardless of what you do, regardless of what field you're in, or whether it's just working with family and stuff like that, every day you have an opportunity to to be a part of shaping this wonderful world that we live in. Every day, you, look at yourself, like, like, I don't know how you look at yourself, but like, think about it. You have an opportunity to add to God's creation, and you can add good in the image of God, or you can can mess things up big time. You have been equipped and gifted to work. Every single one of you has been given gifts and talents and abilities to add to God's masterpiece. And so today we're talking about 9 to 5. We're talking about our work. What we're really talking about is being a part of God's creation And adding to that creation, every day you have an opportunity to take a brush, a paintbrush, if we're talking about a masterpiece, and add a little bit. And your work matters. Keller says this again, he says, All work has dignity because it reflects God's image in us and cultivates the world that God created. All work has dignity because in work we are living out the fact that we are created in the image of God. So you were created to work. Work is good. Work is not bad. But I want to rewind for a second, and I want to go back several months ago. We had a series called Unbalanced, and in that series, um, Pastor Andrew spoke, and he, he put a bunch of boxes up here, and those boxes represented different parts of our lives. So there was work, and there was family, and there was recreation, and then there was church, and there were all of these boxes. And the idea behind that series, the Unbalanced series, was that we are supposed to worship with all of our lives, that, that we don't separate our hobbies, or our work, or our family from God and from our worship, but that all of it is a part of our worship. And so if we're going to talk about work today, we cannot talk about work without talking about worship. We were created to work. We were created to worship And so the guiding scripture of that series was the Shema, it was Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Basically, love God with everything you have. See, sometimes in the church we have a tendency, really in society, we have a tendency to separate parts of our lives. It's easy to say, in fact, if you've been around a church for very long, you've probably heard words like this, secular music and Christian music, or my secular job and ministry, or my church stuff, my church family, and then my other family or my world. We have a tendency to separate things. We have a tendency to separate the sacred, God, worship, from secular, the world, what's happening around us. And I see a big problem with this. Because when we separate those, listen, I understand using terms to, under, but when we separate those in our mind, when our work ceases to become a part of God's creation and God's plan for us, we lose the real definition of worship. And I believe there are a lot of us today that believe our worship to God is what we're doing right here and right now. We come together on Sundays. We we sing together, that that's worship to us. But the truth is, we were created to worship God with our whole lives. We were created to worship with everything that we are. And if we separate God from the rest of our lives, we're really missing out on what worship really is. We were created to worship God with our whole lives, not just our weekends. Think about that. We were created to worship every day with everything we do. So if we're called to worship with our whole lives, and if we're going to spend over 10 years of our lives working, guess what? Our work is worship. The way that you work, the work that you do, how your attitude toward work is worship to God. Our work is worship. Worship just as much as you sit here and you sing songs and you pray and you take an offering, and and we call that a worship service. But your work every day is worship to God. That kind of changes the conversation, doesn't it? That kind of changes the way you think of walking into work tomorrow, doesn't it? It's worshiping God just as much as being here this morning is worshiping God. Man, it may not always be fun. But every day that you work is an opportunity to serve and to worship God with everything you have. So so let's ask this an important question today. How can you worship God with your 9 to 5, with your work? And I know that some of you don't work a 9 to 5. That's just an easy way to characterize it. How can you worship God with your work this week? Well, earlier we started by by talking about the the things that make God worthy of worship. We talked about the reason that we're here today, and and what did we hear? We heard love, we heard forgiveness, we heard faithfulness, we heard trustworthiness, we heard all of these attributes that make God who God is. Well, guess what? In chapter 1, it says, we were created in the image of God And we were put to work on God's masterpiece. So if we are going to worship God with our work, then we have to be the image of God to the world around us. We have to be the image of God when we go to work tomorrow. When you go into a factory, when you come to a church, when you go to a school, wherever it is you work, when you get up and you work with your kids, wherever it is you work, you are called to be the image of God in your work. How awesome would it be? How awesome would it be if the worship that we experience on Sunday morning was what you projected to the people that you work with every single day? Man, what could God do with a bunch of people that resembled Christ in their work? How does that change your work? What does that mean for you? When you go to work tomorrow to be the image of God, it means you gotta be loving. It means you gotta be forgiving. It means you gotta be trustworthy, which means you've gotta work hard and you've gotta do a good job and you've gotta do, you've gotta use the gifts that God has given you well to worship. There are some of you, listen, I, I can't fix a thing. <laughs> I'm not very handy. Some of you are really good at building things. Some of you are really handy and you're good at fixing things. Some, I, <laughs> I can say a lot of things that I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the best person with people. Some of you just have a way about you of loving and caring and talking to other people. Man, those are gifts that God has given you to be used to add to the masterpiece. And by being who you were created to be and by doing your best to be Christ, the image of God in your work, you are worshiping God as much as you're worshiping God here today. And here's the best part. I want our church to be awesome. I, I, I want our worship here to be awesome. I want, I want people to come to this church and to experience God. But, but guess what? God's church and God's kingdom will be at its best when God's people work every day and worship every day by being the image of God to the world around them. And so we're going to end the service in a little bit of a different way. Um, we've got this board up here that you see, and it's, it's got a cork board behind there, and we've got a map of this area. And if you can't see it over there, I'm, I'm explaining it to you. There's a map of this area. And you'll see a little red dot in the middle there. That's kind of a part of our logo. That's WC, and that's this church. And here's the thing. If our church is the image of God for this community, I mean, if this, I, I don't, if this little dot is, is God's image in the community... That's great. It should be, right? Can we all agree that our church should be the image of God? And so we've got this little dot in this big community. And there are other churches, right? So there may be one over here and one over here. But here's the thing. Each of you every day have an opportunity to be the image of God at your work. And so we all have cards, right? Did you all do that? Have you all put your work on the cards? And so as the band comes up, and they're going to set the example for us today, they're going to put their cards where they work, because what we're going to see here is if it's just about our church, our little dot, then the chances of people coming to see Christ are the chances of us getting people in the doors of this church. And statistics say that over half the people will not walk into a church. But if all of us, the four or 500 of us that are in here, go to work tomorrow and we are the image of God in our work, and we show God's image through love and forgiveness, all of a sudden, people can't miss it. People can't miss out on who God is and who Jesus is. And so what we're called to do is work. We're called to go to work every day. We're called to do our best. But we're called to be Christ wherever it is we work. And so as we sing this last song, I want you to take your card. It doesn't matter what your card says, what your work is. I want you to take your card, and I want you to bring it up, and I want you to put it on, on the board as close as you can to where you work. And I want this to be a symbol, that you in your work are called to work as the image of God, to be the characteristics that we said that we're here to worship, to live that out tomorrow tomorrow, and every day after in your work. So as we sing this last song, just come on up and put it on the board. I'll start us. If, if your spot isn't available, put it outside. If you work outside of this area, just put it over on the side. Draw an arrow if you want. But bring your card and put it on the board.